Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey, Jim. Hi, Catherine. It's our anniversary. Oh, of the first time you called me. It's been three weeks. Three weeks? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. A very long three weeks. One, two, three. Yeah. Three weeks ago, I called you and I wanted to know what coronavirus was. Right. You were not alone in not taking this uh, seriously enough from the beginning. This was not taking so, it seriously enough. Well, or yeah, not knowing how seriously to, there, <laughs> there were very mixed messages. So you were hearing the risk is low. The risk is low. The risk is low. Yeah. At the time I we started the, the podcast. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the deal. It's been three weeks. I've learned a lot and I don't like what I've learned. Well, yeah, no one likes it. It's really, it's tragic. Usually I enjoy learning. Not this time. What do you do with information that you don't like? Internalize it. Turn it inward somehow. Right. (laughs) Anyway, I I have a question for you today, Jim. I will do my best to be of help. I want to understand more about what the virus actually is, how it's transmitted, and what the deal with masks is. Why are you asking me this now? Like it's too late? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this seems like this is something people have been wondering for a while. Well, the CDC is making some something about masks. So this week, the CDC said that they were planning to implement a recommendation where everyone should wear something over their face whenever they go out. And that was news to a lot of people who had heard things like a few weeks ago, the Surgeon General said, you know, do not buy masks. I believe it was in all caps on Twitter. So there's new levels of confusion about when, where, how, and why to wear masks. I would like you to help me with my new levels of confusion. Okay. Um, but first, I want to ask you about the virus itself, because I think I'm realizing that I still don't understand what it is. <laughs> well, and, and that informs how it spreads and how it travels, right? Right, yeah. right, right, right. I mean, I don't even know that I really know how a virus works, frankly. Okay. You know? Right. I mean, but but let me tell you what I what I know. I understand that it's a little ball with spiky proteins, whatever those are, on the end of it. Are right? you reading Wikipedia right now? No, no. I've I've been reading the internet uh, mostly for the last three weeks. So it's a okay. and I've seen the picture. You know, we've all seen the picture, right? And it has these little spikes coming out of it that we call proteins. Those little proteins latch onto cells in your body, kind of rip open the wall, and then it kind of shoves its DNA or RNA or whatever into your cells, and then it replicates itself using your own machinery. Right. And and the way people are getting really sick from this is actually from their own immune response to this. Is that right? Yeah, essentially. That That's how most colds cause symptoms, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, you get a fever because your body's trying to eradicate some foreign agent by heating up. You get a uh, cough because your body's trying to expel this stuff. You you, mm-hmm. you get a sore throat because of inflammation that is part of the process of trying to isolate and eradicate the invader. The things that make you feel bad are good. What's, what's like the evolutionary incentive of a virus? I mean, what even is it? 
It's just a strand of nucleic acids, DNA or RNA, wrapped in some little coating or shell capsule that can keep it alive for a small period of time. Um, Are viruses like early life forms? Yeah. This is a fundamental question of uh, biology and beyond even. Is, is, is a virus alive? Okay, I wanted to ask that, but I thought that was going to be a dumb question. No, like, it's is not. a virus alive or not? So it depends on how you define it. And also, life. what does that mean? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, a virus requires an, uh, a living being in order to reproduce. It cannot reproduce on its mm-hmm. own. It dies without a host. Right. Mm-hmm. So most people say that that is not life because you can't be on your own. Um, mm-hmm. But in much subtler ways, most living things require other living mm-hmm. things in order to continue living. Human beings can't reproduce on their own. So there are kind of existential questions about where you draw that line of what defines life but sure. it, it it is just a, a, a little bit of nucleic acid and they're so so tiny they're so much tinier than bacteria and, and tinier than our own cells it's hard to even conceptualize what we're fighting against or what is this tiny tiny thing is bringing the whole world to a standstill right that's the thing that's just so hard to get your head around is like this invisible not even alive thing yeah <laughs> has as of today put half of humanity under lockdown. Right. Like, what are viruses like? Is it just a the most baseline evolutionary incentive is for it to replicate itself? And if it could, it would just kill everything and be everywhere. I might think of it more like a tide when you take down a dam. It's not like the water wants anything. If there's a town below that dam... The water doesn't want to destroy anything. It doesn't even have an evolutionary Mm -hmm. instinct. It's just a physical force. It's just this is what it does. It it finds that receptor and invades the cell and makes more. It's just random? You know, usually there's some sort of logic, right? (laughs) No. Or no? No, that's what evolution is. It's not logic. A term that might help you is adaptive. Is this adaptive? Did it help with a specific function. Is it adaptive for the virus to kill us? Yeah, no, I mean, that's part of what caused me initially to raise these alarm bells and to get really concerned myself in February is the basic science of it. Because I initially wrote this story, you're likely to get the coronavirus, and it made the point that there are a lot of mild cases out there, mild in terms of COVID-19, which right. is not a mild disease, but and that there are asymptomatic carriers, and that was like, oh, no, that's really bad, that there's a long period of incubation, that you can be asymptomatic. And that is what's so scary about it, right? Um, Like if it was a worse disease, it wouldn't be so dangerous. Yeah, well, I mean, define worse. Right. Let's talk about it as if it were a human, right? There's some people who are just really genuine and good, and you want to be around them and work with them and have them be in your life. And there's people who are clearly malicious and terrible, and mm-hmm. you can immediately mm-hmm. tell, like, get that person away from me. And even though you might think, oh, that person's straight up dangerous, they immediately threaten to kill me. Um, you know, the actual probably most dangerous person is the one who is the, you know, like what we'd call a psychopath, someone who seems really... <laughs> someone who seems friendly really, and Really, really intuitive awful. and smart and thoughtful and caring, but is actually has all these devious plans and is actually able to carry them out because they aren't out there threatening people and (laughs) throwing off signals that they're a dangerous person. And that's what this virus is. And that's why people fell in a lot of different, like along a spectrum of how scared they were by this, because some people were like, oh, it looks 
like these other coronaviruses, it causes a lot of mild cases where people don't die. So it's not that dangerous. And other people are like, no, it's because it's so good at spreading and doesn't kill everyone that it is so dangerous. This is very validating for me in a way because I always am trying to point out to my friends all of the people that they think are like fine and great. And I'm like, no, they're secretly evil. I can tell, you know? Exactly. So I'm right, guys. <laughs> I'm right. Um, anyway. I think this is actually a good analogy, even though I'm, I'm thinking of it for the first time right now. So I'm trying to think of problems with it. But, you know, even when there's someone who ends up being like a Harvey Weinstein type figure, you know, mm -hmm. and you'll be like, wow, there's this whole trail of people who he did horrible things to. Mm -hmm. He probably still has many more people in his life who thought he was a fine guy and got along with him You're great. Right. And, right. You know, and that is what makes it so dangerous, right? Like, there were a lot of people who, who didn't suspect him at all. And that's the way this will go through the population with some people who have mild experiences with it and think it's actually, oh, it's, it's, it's a bad, but it's not that bad, you know? Right, right. Okay, so I understand the, I mean, to the extent that I'm going to get what the virus is, I get it. But one of the things that's been sort of paralyzing recently is I don't know where it is. Like, if I walk outside, is it in the air? Is it on surfaces? I know it's coming out of other people's mouths, but I don't know who. Maybe it's coming out of my mouth. I have no idea. What do we know about how it spreads, and are we learning more about that? I mean, this is related to the face mask thing. Right. So the main way that people get it is from touching things and then touching their face. That continues to be the main way. That's why hand washing is so important. That's why not touching your face is so important. The two types of viral transmission that we long thought about are droplet or airborne, as in, mm -hmm. is it just in these gooey little drops that come out when you sneeze or cough? I mean, some of them are tiny, mm -hmm. you know, and they might fly mm -hmm. up to six feet, but ultimately they're going to mm -hmm. fall down and, and hit the ground. Versus yeah. do gooey they... little drops <laughs> yeah. must come down. Versus do you kind of miss this out, and does it just hang in the air like, you know, oxygen or carbon dioxide you're putting out, and then yeah. it sort of dissipates? It turns out... There's not like a black and white line between those two things. There are cases where... It... Why are there no answers? No, this is an answer. I'm giving you an answer. That, 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 that dichotomy was false. It was really just... There, it's a spectrum. There can be occasionally... From gooey little drops yeah. to like airborne particles is a spectrum. It's not two categories. Right. And so this one appears to be almost entirely droplets. Occasionally, you can detect some lingering in the air for longer periods, mm -hmm. but not clearly enough that it could infect someone unless someone is very sick, coughing and sneezing. You are in a close contact with them in a place with no airflow. So you could mm -hmm. be more than six feet away, um, mm -hmm. but we're sharing a cruise ship cabin and mm -hmm. I'm just coughing and sneezing stuff into the air. It's shooting mm -hmm. out, but we're constantly just using the same air. There, There's a possibility that could happen. It's again, it's with all these things. It's like, well, it's not impossible that I could walk outside. I could just breathe it in accidentally, even though there's no one around. It's not impossible. No, that's impossible. I want to say that's impossible. That's impossible. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone should be worrying at that level. Okay. Because we have to be able to say, can move about the world, not in states of constant fear. Um, right. And walking is important, especially if we're going to need to be doing this distancing stuff for a year. If people can't go outside, 
and, or feel like they can't go outside and can't move their bodies, we are going to see compounding of all sorts of other health issues and then worsening right. of cases of this disease. Because if you are worn down and not exercising and not sleeping and depressed and not eating well, you know, you're not priming yourself to be in good condition when you do get sick. So basically what I understand is, as far as we understand, it's really the gooey drops is the problem. Even if they're tiny, they fall to the floor quickly yeah. once they're out, expelled from someone's body. Right. Um, so it really is getting close to other people and surfaces that are the problem. It's not just like the air. Right. The only instances where we believe the air would be a problem is in a constant exposure. A very confined space. Yeah. And it would have to be a long-term thing because you briefly shared an elevator with someone who didn't even sneeze or cough and you were as far away from the person as you could be in the elevator. There's as close to 0% chance of anything happening in that situation as possible. Okay. So I don't need to be terrified of going outside and of other people. Like that blanket terror is not rational. Right. So the reason we need to direct and people should be staying inside is because the only way in a place like New York City to keep social distancing appropriate for when people are outside is for everyone to stay home as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very possible when everyone is doing that, if you leave your house only uh, briefly every other day, mm -hmm. if everyone in New York does that, there's enough space for us to move about. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I get that. I, I think I understand what the virus is, you know, how it's transmitted. Mm. Uh, in what situations am I supposed to wear a mask and what constitutes a mask given that I don't actually have a mask? Right. We should define mask. When you say mask, what do you think of? Well, I understand there's the N95. I understand there's a surgical mask. And then I understand there's what I did this morning, which is take a scarf and loop it three times around my face. Yeah. Which I wouldn't call a mask. Okay. But well. it is an attempt at some sort of barrier. So a respirator is also sometimes referred to as a mask or an N95 mask. And those are these tightly woven things which are rigid and they look like a dog's snout and they are supposed to seal perfectly around your face. They're the reason you can't, you're not supposed to have facial hair um, because even mm. having a, like a little stubble or even like a really cool goatee um, can mess up the seal that you get. It's like a perfect mm -hmm. seal, you know? So these are really pretty much medical devices. They are not something you would wear all day, every day. Sure, yeah. I mean, we've seen the photographs of Italian doctors who have, like, scars from wearing them all day. Yeah. And that's what we definitely have a shortage of, and we've exhausted our national strategic stockpile as of this week, which was supposed to last us for a long time. And those are so crucial for people who have to get up real close to someone who's coughing and sneezing. But you don't need that level of seal unless you are close to someone who is coughing and sneezing. Okay, so the N95 thing, I don't have an N95. I assume I couldn't get one if I tried. The doctors need them anyway. We're not talking about N95s for the average person. No. They're, they're, you don't need it. Apart from very specific cases. Yeah, and this is going to be on everyone's minds, right? Because CDC is now telling people, cover your face with something. Right. Okay, so if you're sick, if you're coughing and sneezing, just do not go out. Got it. That is the point where anything you need, like... Have a f someone you know deliver it to you, leave things outside your door, order delivery at that point, you know, do whatever you can to have zero contact with the outside world for two weeks at least. Got it. When you are feeling okay, 
and you need to go out, the recommendation now is that you wear something to cover your mouth. And the problem is that if you were practicing appropriate social distancing, that would be of no use, no value. But it's very difficult to, in New York City, when you're going into a store, right? even with all of these measures, like, it's not really possible to always stay six feet from other people. Right. So it's not clear to me what the utility of covering your face if you are not coughing and sneezing, you're totally asymptomatic, and you're not getting into a confined space for prolonged periods with someone else. The actual value of wearing a handkerchief over your mouth is not clear to me. Then why are they saying that people should do it? Because it's similar to just don't go outside. It's just the easiest directive to understand. It's a mass blanket directive, and it assumes that we are actually not able to social distance, and it assumes that people are... Continuing to go out sick, yeah. Right, right. So I understand that basically as long as people aren't consuming the surgical masks, and especially not the N95s that are so needed right now by the people, like we spoke about yesterday, the people who have to be working in, in at least somewhat close contact right. with people, that's that's a great idea to have, have a mask. Yeah. So... There's an idea here that I think about a lot in health that is a sort of paradox of protection. Where you do riskier behaviors because you think you're protected. Yeah, like when people take multivitamins that they sometimes don't eat as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of look at the overall effect of a recommendation like this and say, does this make people... Feel safer and therefore bolder. Right. Yeah. Like, are people going to be like, well, I have a mask, so I can do whatever I want. Because when you have an extremely effective directive, like don't go out unless you absolutely have to, never get within six feet of people. If you then say, wear a handkerchief over your mouth, Mm -hmm. that sort of implies, oh, I can go out and I can be around people if I have this handkerchief. That's not at all the message we want to be sending because that's not clearly an effective intervention. What does a bandana do? For someone who is well, what is the purpose of a bandana? Is there a scientific purpose of a bandana? Or it's just this sort of blanket recommendation? Because rightly, we have to make these broad recommendations that everyone is like, this is the plan. For a healthy person who has no symptoms, the worst case scenario is that you might be breathing out a tiny amount of virus when you're in this asymptomatic phase. And that if you wore a bandana, you might block a fraction of that already small amount per breath Mm -hmm. of virus that you're putting Mm -hmm. out there. But if I am well, is the bandana blocking it from getting to me? So um, I guess there is a theoretical horrible scenario where you actually are passing someone on the street and you trip and all of a sudden you're really close to them and then they look at you and then they cough right in your face. You could be mm-hmm. like, oh, that was good. I was wearing that bandana. It's more than nothing. Yeah, yeah but realistically, in a, in a dense city or in uh, crowded homes or apartment buildings, you can't. So wear something. I guess if it really is physically impossible for you to isolate yourself, then it's unlikely to hurt unless you end up touching your face more because you're mm-hmm. adjusting this thing, which yeah. touching your face is Definitely bad. We want to minimize that in every way. A mask is a tool. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, all right. This is helpful. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I, you know. I mean, I think I'm a little less afraid of just like the air and going outside. You know, I, I think the result of this is I may take walks a little more. 
and staying away from other people now. Yeah, you, you should. And I'll probably wear a mask just for kicks or like a scarf. So I wear sort of a skiing mask when I am mm-hmm. running in Prospect Park because that is when you know I'm breathing hard, I'm forcefully mm-hmm. exhaling. I'm still staying six feet away from people, but I feel like there's some utility in a situation like that because there are other people within a certain distance and I am breathing in a way that is projecting things out into the world. Um, If there was ever a chance for something to linger in the air and someone is running behind me and runs through that air, I I, I still think the odds of transmission based on everything we know would be 0.000000 something percent, but I wear it anyway. And that's it. Okay. I think I've reached the maximum amount of information I can take in for the day. (laughs) okay so stay inside most of the time it's okay to take walks if you stay away from other people mostly be worried about surfaces don't touch your face a mask is good but it's not going to save you from like an actual problem Okay. okay well happy three weeks happy three weeks uh to you i cannot believe that's only been three weeks You think it'll be another three weeks? I hope so. I've really enjoyed getting to talk to other people. Yeah. We've had some great guests on the show. Yeah, I've learned learned so much. Yeah. So many people I do want to still talk to and have on this show. Well, we'll keep doing it then. Yeah. If anyone knows Dwayne The Rock Johnson, (laughs) be in touch. This show today is produced by Kevin Townsend. We have help on this show every day from Anna Waters and Jacqueline Landry. You can write to us at socialdistanceattheatlantic.com. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the word out about the show. So that's that. And like a good review. Yeah. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. All right. I'll talk to you later. This podcast was brought to you by Rice Aroni. Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Bye, Jim. Bye. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.